Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Dr. Bruce Solheim, Ph.D. Served in the U.S. Army as a jail guard, later as a helicopter pilot. He earned his Ph.D. in history from Bowling Green State University. Bruce is currently a distinguished professor of history at Citrus College in Glendora, California, where he has taught a paranormal personal history course since the fall of 2018. He studies quantum theory and has developed a model that may help explain our quantum reality, ghosts, reincarnation, alien contact, and more. And Bruce has been abducted several times, has seen UFOs, continues to have contact with an alien and alien beings. Dr. Solheim is an associate member of the Parapsychological Association, a member of CIRO and MUFON as well, the Mutual UFO Network. Bruce, welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Hey, thank you, George. It's great to be back. My gosh, what a work. You're the Anzar, the progenitor. And, uh, <laughs> progenitor yeah. means like the starter of a family, right? Right. The, yeah, the beginning, the original, the original contact in this case. And this has been going on for you for how many years now? Well, uh, I figured out that my first experience with him was in 1964, and that's when I was six years old. And uh, I, I think he's been kind of with me the whole time. Uh, in 97, I had a very clear vision of him and communication with him. And then uh, really since 2016, when I decided to start telling my paranormal stories, you know, know, what's been happening to me since I was a kid. Uh, I've been in continuous contact with him since 2018. It's an amazing story. Tell tell us, for people who don't know who Anzar is, and of course the book you just wrote, who is Anzar? Yeah, he's uh, a self-described ancient alien mystic, and uh, he is a, uh, he's, he's in the spirit world, so he's from the, the progenitor, so he was the first. He said that he was the first contact for uh, humans. And he often says that he gives us nudges. He uses the word nudges, which makes me laugh when he, when he tells me that. And by the way, when he tells me this, it's through my, uh, the spirit walks I take when I get into a, uh, a meditative state. Okay. I can talk to him. And uh, so, yeah, I've been you know, continuously uh, since 2018. And I transcribe all my contact with him during these spirit walks, and uh, I record it on my phone. Not that you can hear his voice on my phone, but I hear what he's saying, and I say it into my phone. Has he? I come home, I transcribe it. And I have about 300 pages of uh, the you know, transcripts, so that's what I used uh, to write the book. Has he ever arrived in a craft at all, or is all this done by a, some form of telepathy with you? It's well. Uh, the, in 1964, he uh, he showed me through a uh, uh, you know kind of a holographic image a ship, but he didn't take me in the ship. He just kind of showed it to me. So I've never been in a ship with him. So it's always been uh, you know just the uh, you know telepathy and a vision. You know being able to see him. I don't see him all the time. And sometimes I do see him. Now this picture on like the you cover. See a ghost, you know. You're, you're, this picture on the cover of supposedly him is—is mm-hmm. is that it's, just a replica or an artist? Yeah, that's just a replica. Yeah, that's just an artist's or the uh, the cover designer's version. I described kind of one of the ways that he looks. He uh, he always says, you know, depict me as you wish, but 
the, I, the best way I describe him most of the time that I see him, he kind of looks proto-human. He's very tall, mm-hmm. and he kind of looks proto-human. So, uh, in fact, the only other person that's seen him was Lucinda, uh, my friend Lucinda from the Ciro Group, and I she she writes the foreword to the to the book and uh, tells about an experience at a at a Ciro meeting where uh, I, I invited Anzar to come to the meeting. I didn't tell anybody. And then at the end of the meeting, uh, I, I asked, did anybody see anything? And Lucinda said, yeah, who's the big native-looking dude behind you? <laughs> huh. And, uh, you know, and I'm like 6'3", so he's, you know, like 7 feet tall. And uh, and then I said, well, that's Anzar. And she goes, you're kidding. And then uh, she showed me her driver's license. And the address that she lived on at the time was Via de Anzar. Wow. So it was incredible synchronicity and the fact that she's the only person that other person that's seen him, which is always nice to have confirmation in this type of stuff because, uh, you know, I mean, it, it is a, a, a fantastic story when you think about oh it. Oh, my I God, mean, it's incredible. And yeah. uh, Lucinda Morrill, is uh, that's a great story. Oh, by the way, I wanted to thank you on behalf of myself and uh, Cheryl Jones for mentioning us in your acknowledgments. That's very nice of you. Oh, oh, yeah, you're you're welcome. Well, you know, this is a you guys are a big part of my journey since I decided to start telling these stories and because of my I always like to mention my friend Gene who passed away in 2016, a month after he passed away, he came to me in a vision which I've had all my life. I have visions of people and I talk to people who have passed on, but uh he told me that it was time to tell my stories and as a result of that, I published my three timeless books and now the the last book, which is not, uh, it's separate from the trilogy, you know, the Timeless trilogy that we've talked about before. But, um, yeah, so he, he encouraged me to, to do that. And I, I have regular contact with him, too, uh, you know, when I do these spirit walks. I got to tell you, the cover, even though it's an artist's rendition, is scary. Yeah. It, it It is a little scary, but, you know, it reminds me that this this kind of stuff is rather frightening. But if you can work through kind of the scariness of it uh there's a great reward for it and um and and you know not everything that looks beautiful is beautiful (laughs) that's true how often do you connect with anzar uh i take uh on average about two to four spirit walks a week okay Uh, i'm here in southern california and san gabriel mountains so i have a a really nice route that i take up towards the San Gabriel Mountains, and the the impression I get is that this route, uh, because most roads were used by Native Americans at one point, they were trading trails or whatever, or animal trails, and so I follow this route up towards the San Gabriel Mountains, and that's where I usually, uh, you know, that's where I connect to him, and uh, it, I, I get into, I, I you know, I do the standard protection, you know, before I I embark on this, and then. Uh, I ask to talk to him, and then I start communicating with him. And it's, there, I was talking to Lucinda about it. She's she's a shaman in kind of the Native American tradition. She told me that there is an integration that is taking place that makes it uh, easier for me to to contact him and for me to uh, understand what he's saying. So, and you know, that's how I do it, and that's how often. Sometimes it's only twice a week, but sometimes it's up to four times a week that I take these spirit walks. It, it is kind of draining. 
and uh, it, it's only the, the actual spirit communication probably only lasts about ten minutes as I'm walking up this very long road towards the mountains. But is uh, he always there for you? He's been there every every single time I've asked. Yes. Now sometimes he is uh, you know busy or preoccupied. I would say. Uh, and, uh, but he still always makes time for me, which is great. And I always talk to my friend, Gene, and often I talk to my, my parents and sometimes I have people, you know, cause this is mediumship. Basically it's the same kind of thing. Uh, I have people say, Hey, you know, my, I have a loved one that passed away. Could you try to make a connection? So I'll do that. I, I don't do it for money. I just do it for friends and, you know, who are grieving and hopefully I can provide them with some kind of closure. Is he in touch with other people too, Bruce, or just you? He well, he he was able to communicate with uh, with, with Lucinda, and also I found out recently uh, a, a friend of both of ours, uh, Terry Lovelace, was uh, uh, able through a medium to reach him, and he was reluctant to tell anybody about it. So now there's actually a third person who's been in contact with him. And, uh, well, I guess the fourth, if you consider the medium he was working with, but, uh, he didn't want to say anything publicly until he had asked me, he said, is it okay to, to say that I've been in contact with him? And I, I said, of course, that just means more, you know, uh, corroboration, right? <laughs> it's just, you know, more people that have actually talked to him. I don't think he's seen him, but he's, uh, he's been able to, to reach out to him. I don't know how much information, I don't think he's gotten a lot of information, but at least he's, he's reached out to him. So. He's expanding his his contact list, I guess. But as far as I don't know if he's in touch with anybody else. Nobody's ever said anything who's read my books. Or is is he a physical being somewhere, or is it all strictly non physical? It's 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 he's in the spirit world, so he's ancient and uh, okay. So he's passed so on, no, I guess. What's that? Could could is it accurate to say that he's passed on? Yes, he he is in the spirit world and. You know, it's funny when I when I say, you know, uh, I, I noticed he didn't use the word dead because I, <laughs> I I made the mistake the first time I talked to, when I had that vision of Gene in 2016, a, a month after he had passed from this world, I, I said, Gene, what's it like to be dead? And he kind of laughed and he said, you know, I don't feel dead. I'm I'm still very much alive, just huh. in a different uh, a different space. So, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so he is in the, Anzar is in the spirit world. He's never like physically appeared uh in, 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 in my reality, anyway. Let's talk about some of the things, Bruce, that he has embarked on you and mm-hmm. has talked about. What what are some of the things? Uh, we'll get into his predictions later on tonight, but uh, generally, yeah. what, what are some of the profound things he has said to you? Yeah, one of the, one of the things that I think is really important is this, this question of, uh, you know, who, who are the aliens, quote-unquote aliens, and, and what do they want? And uh, since he, you know, represents at least in an ancient sense, and his response, and and Gene also says this, uh, he says, we are the aliens. In other words, we are all the aliens. We're all connected, in other words. And and at first I didn't understand when he said, we are the aliens. I thought, okay, that's fine. You guys where you are. And then he corrected me, no, we are all the aliens. He uses the phrase revelation to you a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he, he did. Uh, it, it's in contrast to the, the term uh, that is used uh, in, the, in the ufology community of disclosure. But when you think about it, 
Disclosure is kind of an other-directed activity. That's where we sit here and wait for the government or people in authority to disclose the precious information that they have, whereas he says it's more, it's revelation, where it's revealed to us as individuals, as people from the grassroots, from the ground up, and it's really our responsibility. And, And he said that's the best way to look at it, because if you just wait there for the government or people in authority to tell you what the truth is, you could be waiting a very, and we have waited a very long time, and we're still waiting, <laughs> although we're inching along, you know. But so, so that's what he means by revelation, and it, it, it's very much a very, you know, it, as it's intended to be, you know, a very spiritual idea. You know, that, that, sure. you know, if you look at the definition of revelation, of course, there's the Book of Revelation in the Christian Bible in the New Testament, but uh, it's revealing the divine truth, which is really what this is about because it's supposed to lead us to the, the next higher level of evolution as, as human beings, or what Anzar calls a leap of consciousness that's occurring. When you went public with knowledge of Anzar, what was the original reaction? Uh, I would say that it was uh, mostly people were accepting of it, uh, and I, I can just even, it's kind of funny, I, when I first started talking about Anzar to the Ciro group, which you think would be a very receptive, really, exactly. the, the Close Encounter Resource Organization headed by Yvonne Smith, um, they, you know, I, I asked them later when it came out with the book, I said, what did you guys think when I first started talking about Anzar? And, and these are very, you know, these are people who've had UFO experiences and alien contact. And uh, they said, well, you know, we, we wanted to believe you, but, you know, there's always that skepticism. It just, it's, it's a fantastic story. So, you know, they, they kind of took it with a grain of salt. And, and then as time has gone on, and I've provided them with more of the information and some of the prophecies or predictions, uh, they now say he is exactly who he says he is. So, and if, uh, and I, I think other people, you know, the reaction to the book, some of the comments, some people are, uh, you know, a little taken aback, or they've reached, uh, you know, a boggle factor, I guess. But most people are are very receptive to it because the message is so is, is so pure. I mean, this idea that he's he's he mentions every single time I talk to him, he reminds me to keep love in my heart and operate from a position of love. And uh, you know that it, it's really it sounds very simple and simplistic, but it is extremely hard, especially in today's world where there's so much anger and hatred oh and division. God. And uh, I, I try to live that every, every single day and, and try to move through life in that way. And it really makes it a lot, a lot easier. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that you're a, a pushover, you know, because there's also tough love, right? So, <laughs> Didn't he indirectly warn you about COVID? Yeah, a year before. So this was a, a year before. Uh, Probably around early, 18. early 2019, he told me that there'd be a series of calamities that would occur. And uh, he didn't mention COVID or didn't even necessarily mention a, a disease, although he did say there would be uh, a, a series of calamities that would be, uh, that would probably lead to the death of millions of people and to be prepared. So he, Every time he tells me, you know, to be prepared or tells me what could be happening, I always say, okay, can I tell other people? And he said, yeah. 
but be careful because predictions can be wrong, but preparations are never wrong. So there, it, there's always a caveat to it. And uh, I remember in January of 2020, when I don't think we even had any cases of COVID yet, at least very few Just starting. in the United States, Just starting, yeah. he told me, uh, without me even asking, he said that uh, this, this uh, COVID-19 came from a, a weapons lab in, in China. And he said it was likely, he, this is, these are the words he used, likely an accident. That's exactly what I said back in December of 2019. It was just, I, to me, I don't believe in coincidences, Bruce, and the no. fact that this happened in Wuhan, and they yeah. had a viral lab there that has been yeah. testing things like this. Come on. I, I know, and I, you know, at the same time, George, at the same time, I had a, um, a, a, a Chinese exchange student, a very nice, uh, kind of, she's probably in her 30s, in my, my history class at the time this was going on, in early 2000, and uh, the, uh, uh, she told me, that uh, she was from that area. And she said, you know, it, this came from that weapons lab. Whatever they're saying is not true. Uh, it's, they didn't come from the wet market. Uh, you know, we don't eat bats. No, <laughs> they might, but we don't. Yeah, it, 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 it's ridiculous. So, and, and that was, you know, so not only did Anzar tell me that, but then, you know, I had this Chinese exchange student tell me that too. And uh, so, uh, you know, I've held on to that the whole time. And, of course, that was something that could get you into, you know, some hot water. Of course, now it's all come back around again. So Absolutely. Now, has he predicted an end to this? Uh, did, did he see it ending at all? He hasn't told me that there'd be an end. He, he, he did uh, talk about, uh, you know, that it would be extended through variants and the the Delta variant, although it would be less deadly, would be very, you know, is going to be persistent. So to me, it, it seems like it's going to be with us for a while. And, it, it, you know, kind of like the seasonal flu, only a little more serious, of course. But mm-hmm. I think it's going to be with us for a while because of, of the mutations. So, what? And, and, you know, I, I'm a his, historian, not a scientist, but that's my understanding of what, what he is telling me. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.